we're going to get right into it. And um, we are today talking about, we're still in Matthew chapter 6. We're in verses 19 through 24. And uh, we're going to be talking about laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, who doesn't want that, right? I know I want that. Okay, why don't we read the scripture first, and then we'll get right into it. So this is Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. And just in case you're catching us cold here and you've not been listening to any of the others, we are in Jesus, one of his most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew. And we have to remember who Jesus is, right? You just have to remember that. Jesus is the Son of God. He is God with us. Emmanuel was the banner over his life, wasn't it? Emmanuel, God with us. And he is giving a sermon. Now, this is a sermon you're going to want to listen to. I'm going to want to listen to as a follower of Christ. Because, I mean, and no disrespect intended here, but it's right from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Okay? <laughs> no disrespect intended. What I'm saying there is... If I were to say to you, hey, today at 4 o'clock this afternoon, on this and this place, at, at this particular place, God himself is going to give a sermon. You're going to want to be there, aren't you? You're going to want to hear the sermon straight from his mouth. Well, that's what this is. And it's recorded in our Bibles. How wonderful is that? And we're getting to look at it nice and close, up close and personal. And right now, like I said, we're in Matthew chapter 6. 19 through 24, and we're going to be talking about treasures in heaven from Jesus' own mouth telling us about treasures in heaven. Here we go. Let me see. Let me find this. Um, all right. Why am I in the wrong place? Matthew chapter 6. Da, 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 da. I'm having a hard time here. Okay. Lay up for, you, for yourselves treasures in heaven. Verse 19. We're starting out. Okay. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Actually... Oh yeah, no, I have this written down. It's up to verse 24, so we're in verse 22 now. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Okay, let's see what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about, he begins with verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. What does he mean by to lay up? Well, when somebody lays up something, they amass it. They, they keep it in store. They store it up and they hoard it. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about laying up treasure, amassing it, uh, storing it up and hoarding it, and just building it up for yourselves, Okay. And he's talking about earthly treasure. What does he mean by earthly treasure? What he means by, what is Jesus talking about? By earthly treasure, Jesus is talking about the things we see, the things we can touch, the things we can feel. Things that are of this earth and being that they're of this earth, they're corruptible, meaning they break down, they rot, 
they, um, you know, they, they just, you know, you leave a treasured possession, let's say a beautiful car. You love this car. It's beautiful. It was something that's got a lot of value. You know, it's, let's say, not a regular car, but like one of these collectibles. And you leave it out in a garage. Even if you leave it in the garage covered up and um, without rain getting on it, over time, it's going to rust. It's going to, it's going to, you know, rot. So it's corruptible. That's what I mean. So earthly treasure according to Jesus here, is things that are corruptible, things that, that break down, things that are of this earth, things we can see, touch, and feel. Okay. Um, and like everything in this natural world, everything you can lay your eyes on, everything is passing away. Everything will decay over time, even beauty. Beauty fades, you know? A beautiful flower, how long is a flower beautiful for? Very limited time, you know? Very limited time. Um, our own physical beauty, our faces, our figures, or whatever, over time, it fades, okay? One birthday, I'm going to tell you this funny story. Um, I was looking for a little, like, oh, you poor thing, and, you know, and I said to my husband, I said, oh, I don't know, it wasn't this past birthday, it was a birthday a while back. I said, oh, I'm just getting old, and, you know, and, and, and Andy, instead of, instead of getting the comfort, which I thought, he went, yeah, we're all just like fruit sitting on the windowsill in the sun, just starting to get old. I was like, thanks a lot for that. <laughs> Much comfort in that. I said, please don't go telling that to other people who, who are looking for, um, you know, a hug or something, you know. <laughs> Aging, we've all got to face it, right? Okay, anyway. So everything fades, right? Now, earthly treasures in and of themselves, I just want to start out right now and say they are not bad. There's nothing bad and nothing evil about having a beautiful car, about having a bank account that looks pretty healthy, about having, you know, things that we, we call them our treasures, okay? There's nothing wrong with, thing, with the actual things, okay? I, I don't want you to think I'm saying these things are evil, like, oh, the evil of money, oh, the evil of um, nice cars or nice houses. I am not saying that. These things in and of themselves are not evil, but Jesus was telling us, and he is telling us now, that it's not the actual thing, but it's the heart attitude regarding the earthly treasure that is the important thing here, okay? Do we love... Oh, here we go. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I knew Poppy was going to do this. One... Shh, 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 shh. Sorry, guys. My tech team is not with me today, so I'm pretty much alone. <laughs> pretty much. So normally somebody would grab the dog for me, but not today. Okay. So do the question here that Jesus is posing is, do we love earthly treasure more than we love God? All right? Remember that for the rest of this talk today. All right. Now, um, I want to read something to you. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 19, and I want to read to you a very well-known story about when Jesus was talking to the rich young ruler. Do you remember that story? He meets a young man. This young man comes to Jesus. He says, listen, I've been following the law 
all my life. I'm doing the best that I can. You know, and he comes to Jesus for some advice. Like, what can I do better? You know, that's what he wants to know. He's like, I've been, I've been doing this thing. I've been a follower of God. I've been, as far as I know, I've, I've stuck to the letter of the law. And he's, remember, a rich young ruler. That's what the, what he is. Uh, we never find out his name or anything. That's all we know about him. Okay, so that's in Matthew chapter 19, and we go to verses, uh, well, I'm going to read to you from verses 21 through 24, okay, and here we are. Jesus said to him, to the rich young ruler, if you want to be perfect, okay, because the guy was saying, what more could I do? If you want to be perfect, okay, and go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. All right. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, he had great possessions. So I'm only going to read up to that. This is up to verse 22. So this guy, this rich young ruler, Jesus. He, he comes to Jesus, says, what can I do better? And Jesus addresses him. Now, something that you need to know, again, is to remember what I said, that in and of themselves, these things are not, um, are not bad things. Um, they're not bad things, the earthly treasures. To have wealth is not a bad thing. But you see, this rich, young ruler, he loved his possessions. And he didn't want to leave the possessions or give up the possessions. Um, he just couldn't fathom it. And so he went away sad with all his earthly treasures, but deciding not to follow Jesus. And I just want to point something out here. Is he says to him, now I, many theologians and, and Bible scholars believe that this is not uh, something that is like if someone is wealthy and has possessions, if Jesus isn't telling every wealthy person, go and sell everything you have, every single thing till you have nothing left and give it to the poor. He's not saying that. This particular young man, Jesus was speaking to him because he knew that this young man had a love for his possessions. He loved the wealth that he had and he loved it more than what he knew, than, than what Jesus was telling him to do, than to be obedient to Jesus and to sell these things. And Jesus says to him, he says, when you sell all that you have, give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. You know what that says? That says to me that amassing treasure in heaven is, is not necessarily just selling all that you have, but what it is, is he's telling him, give it to the poor, give it to the needy. So there is something, there is a connection between our treasure in heaven and serving those around us and giving to those around us and doing for, for the people of the earth. There is something to that according to this scripture. So let's just keep that in mind when we read that scripture because it's quite, it's quite eye-opening because we want to know how, we, how do we get treasure in heaven. So we see what Jesus says here. He says, sell what you have the thing that you love so much, give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. I think one, being obedient to the Lord in doing what Jesus said, that would have been it. But number two, there's something in the fact that to give it to the poor, to the needy, to those around, to, to look, you know, to love others. There's something in that 
Okay, let's take note of that. Okay, where are we up to? Matthew 6, 21. Okay. All right, so what he's saying here is, oh, we're back in, in Matthew 6. Okay, this is the original scripture. And I've taken my, uh, sorry today, I, I just got back from California. I think part of my brain is still over there. Okay, we're back in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. This is a super, super important part of his sermon here. Verse 21 of chapter 6 in Matthew. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think we've just gotten to the heart of the matter here of what Jesus is saying. Okay, this is how I imagine it. I imagine it a bit like a kite. Okay, think of a kite. What is a kite? You've got something on the end of a kite, you know, a big piece of material, on a string, and you're holding to that string, right? It's tethered. It's tethered to what's holding it, okay? That's what you call it when something's attached to a string. Now, I imagine what Jesus is saying this, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. That where, where there is a treasure tethered to what a person thinks a treasure is, is the heart, okay? You've got a treasure, you consider something a treasure, somebody out there says, that's, a tre that's my treasure. Their heart, the person who they are on the inside, the real them, is tethered to that treasure. The heart is tethered to the treasure, attached to it. So if our treasure is here on earth, then our heart will be connected to that treasure, okay? So we have a tr an earthly treasure. We think we treasure this, right? It, it is our treasure. Our heart is tethered to that. And then when our heart is tethered to this earthly treasure, there's our heart as well. Our heart is where our treasure is. If our treasure is on the earth and earthly things and, and in um, earthly riches and wealth and and whatever it is, whatever it is, our treasure, there our heart is. And that is where it's going to be. It's in the here, it's in the now, it's in the fleshly arena of life, okay? Now Jesus is pointing out that this thought of heavenly treasure, he's not just, he's not just vaguely saying it, he's outright saying it, that our heavenly treasure is superior to our earthly treasure. Okay? Heavenly treasure is superior to earthly treasure. And that thought doesn't even factor in to this world's philosophy. When you say that, if you were to say, well, I have treasure in heaven to, to someone who is a financial advisor on this earth, who's not a Christian, who has no thoughts and beliefs beyond what they see and what they feel, a person like that, and you say, well, I have heavenly treasure. Well, that's the stuff of fairy stories to, to this earthly philosophy. You know, earthly philosophy is, it's here, it's now. There is no waiting for tomorrow. Live in, live in the moment, you know, live in the moment. Worldly philosophy is very much this, and you would have heard this expression, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. You know, you've heard that expression, haven't you? It's, it's a popular expression. And that basically means live now because there is no later, you know? Live for the moment, you know, be in comfort now. You know, live for yourself. Live, you know, 
get the fresh breeze in your hair and get out there and live this life now. Okay, there's nothing wrong with enjoying your life. But that philosophy of eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, well, that's very different from the philosophy that Jesus sets forth in the Word of God. Okay, Jesus tells us completely differently. Now, I'm going to look at Jesus' philosophy in Luke chapter 12. So maybe you want to turn there, or maybe you just want to listen. That's fine. Luke chapter 12, and it's verses 16 through 21. And this scripture here is Jesus is telling us a, I believe it's a parable about a man. Yeah, I believe it, it is a parable. Yeah. Um, that a man who amasses a great fortune, a great, great fortune. As a matter of fact, he actually knocks down some old barns that are too small and he builds bigger ones to get more of his fortune into this place. And he gets to a very, very comfortable position in life. So much so that he says, well, now I'm very comfortable. Um, and now I've got all this wealth. I'm going to just, I can live now. I can really live now. But a bug in the ointment, my friends, a bug in the ointment. Let me read it to you. So this is Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 18. <clears throat> then he, Jesus, spoke this parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought when, within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and build greater ones. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Here it goes. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So it is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Eek. Okay. What a story. Oh my goodness. Now again, we are not saying that this man's, the fact that this man had wealth was, a, was an evil thing. The crime here, and it was a crime against himself, was that he laid up treasure only on this earth for himself. He had no heavenly treasure. And, um, and it's this main verse, verse 21 of Luke, which sort of sums it up, which, which says it all. So is the one. This story is about the one. It, he, this is what Jesus is saying. He said, the guy in this story, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. He says it like it is. Jesus does this. He's not hiding anything. And Jesus tells us right then and there what God thinks of someone who lives to store up only stuff on the earth for themselves, to live for the here, for the now, to eat, to, to um, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die kind of attitude. And what Jesus is saying that God says about this is, is clear because the man dies or the man is about to die and God says to him, you fool, 
Okay, those are not the words we want to hear from Almighty God when we're standing before Him. We want to hear the, the wonderful things like, welcome in my, my good and faithful servant. Nobody wants to hear, fool. I mean, I don't want to hear that from God. But that is the attitude of Almighty God toward people who are not sowing anything into their future eternity. And they're just living for the here and the now. And, I'm the, and remember the Sermon on the Mount, my friends, was not to ungodly people, but they, the Sermon on the Mount was aimed at his followers. These would be people who were following Jesus, who had an understanding of God and wanted more of God. This sermon is for them. And Jesus is telling us that he's telling his followers this story of what it is. I believe that even Christians who decide that they want to live, uh, a carnal Christian, a carnal Christian is a Christian who wants to live for the flesh, even though they are a Christian and they say, I'm a Christian, I have Christ in my life, but they are not sowing their lives. And when I say sow, I don't mean sowing like needle and thread. It's, it's a word that comes from the Bible that is to do with farming. And sowing is like when a farmer takes seeds and when a farmer plants the seeds in the ground, he's sowing those seeds. When I say we are sowing to our future in heaven, I'm talking about we are doing things in the here and the now that will store up for ourselves in our eternity treasure for ourselves so that when we stand before Almighty God on that day, we can hear those wonderful words, though you good and faithful servant, come on in, rather than fool. Because that's what it says God Almighty said to this man. Jesus tells this parable. That's a frightening thought. I'm, I'm not going to be happy on that day if I stand before Almighty God and I hear those words or I hear that word. Fool, you didn't lay up any treasure for yourself in heaven. You got nothing up here. Okay, so it's a thing, right? And um, so what is Jesus' advice to us on this situation? So in Luke, he tells that parable. But right here in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives advice to his followers. He says, okay, let's avoid that situation. And this is how you avoid that situation. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20. Very simple. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Just do it. Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. He says, just do it. Just lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. How simple is that? It's almost too simple, right? And the reason why it's the, it's the superior treasure is because it's incorruptible. It's lasting. And I always look at it this way, okay? Somebody said this to me once, can't remember who, but it was, it was quite eye-opening. If you look at a straight line, like a timeline, right? And it represents, and there's a beginning on the timeline, but there's no ending on the timeline. So it's a, it's a line with a beginning, but absolutely no ending. It goes off for eternity into, let's say, that direction. Okay, we have that beginning. There's a start date to us. Da, 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 da. Along that line, we have a life, right? We live, boom. One day, we cease to live on this earth anymore, and this earth ends. But life doesn't end, my friends. Life doesn't end. And Jesus tells us that, that there's more in heaven. And it goes on and on and on and on into eternity. Now, if you amass 
treasure and wealth for yourself for this section of the timeline, and for this section of the timeline only, you can really see it in practical terms. That's quite foolish, isn't it? You've just li lived for the here, for the now, and it's gone. It's gone when it's gone. When you're gone, it's gone. Okay? And even treasure itself, even when we're still here, it rots. It, it, it can, you know, the stock market can just, you know, take all your money away. The, the one financial bad decision and pff, it's all gone. You know what I mean? Where you've got this line going off into eternity. Where you could have been sowing, like a farmer, for your future. Which is the future that is going to be forever. That's the one you really want to sow to. And Jesus is saying, this is the superior treasure. Not the earthly treasure. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with having nice things. But if you treasure these things, your heart will be there. You want your heart just planted firmly down on terra firma, earth, nothing beyond that? Or do you want your heart to be in a place where you're going to be spending forever, okay? And Jesus is pointing out that that is the superior treasure, okay? All right. Um, now, why is it so important, according to Jesus, to lay up treasure in heaven? I just pointed out that it's the longer part of the timeline, okay? So just for that. I mean, after all, won't just be getting, just getting to heaven make us happy? I mean, sometimes I think I just want to make it, you know, right? Won't that be just the thing? I just made it there. Well, the answer of why it's important is I read it before, but I'm going to read it again because it's the, it's the heart of the matter. And that's verse 21 of Matthew 6. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So a person's heart is tethered to whatever they treasure. And I think if you have seen any of the other of, of these Sermon on the Mount Bible studies, which have been, been from Matthew chapter 6, all of them, Jesus always takes us back to the heart. It, with God, it's always about the heart. It always has been about the heart. We looked at scriptures from the Old Testament where God was saying, um, to the people that they follow the law and they just do, do, do. They do these things. Um, they do the sacrifices and they, they try to, to look like, like it's all right on the outside. But meanwhile, on the inside, they could be filled. And Jesus called the, the religious of his day um, whitewashed tombs filled with dead men's bones. Right? He never wanted the law to just be, you do this because you must do this. He always wanted us to do everything we did out of a new, newly created heart that he put inside of us. And that's what he said. He said that he was going to do this and through Jesus he did this. He said, I'm going to give them a new heart and I'm going to write my laws upon their heart. Meaning that we would follow after God because we had a heart devotion toward him because we loved him from our heart. Okay, so that is why treasure in heaven is so important as opposed to treasure on the earth because where our treasure is, our heart is, and it's always about heart with God. It always has been. 
all of the Sermon on the Mount so far has been. Remember when, he, when we talked about where Jesus said it's not enough to just not murder someone. It's not enough. Okay, you're following the law by not murdering them, but in your heart you hate them. You talk evil about them. You think evil about them. You got to get it right in the heart. Jesus said, don't even make your sacrifice an offering. Put it down. Go away. Make it right with your brother, with your sister. Then come back and you can do the outward things, the offerings. But get it right in the heart. It's always been about the heart with God. And Jesus is reiterating that, even with treasure and earthly goods. Okay? Hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Why is the heart so important? We talked about this many times in the past. Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart, for out of it flows the wellspring of life. Everything you do. The heart is the headquarter of the rest of your life. You see, you get it right in the heart, and you get your right heart, um, your heart right before God. Sorry, like I said, I'm still in California time here. You get your heart right before God, and it will be what the Scripture says—a wellspring of life, a healthy heart that's springing up, clear, beautiful, beautiful, healthy, clean. Water will flow into every area of your life, your relationships, your um, work life, your generosity, your loving of others. It'll flow into all those areas when you get it right in the heart. And that's why we are to guard our heart. And we are to guard our heart in this area as well, in the area of goods, in the area of wealth, in the area of where our heart is tethered to which wealth, the inferior earthly wealth or the superior heavenly wealth. Okay, um, so if your heart is tethered like a kite to the things of the earth, then your heart is fixed on the flesh and on the natural. And if your heart is tethered to and it finds its wealth in God, then that heart is fixed on things above. All right, and that's very important according to scripture. And it immediately makes me think. Two scriptures come straight to my mind when I think of that. Colossians 3, 2, which is a command for Christians, which is to fix or set our affections, some Bibles uh, say, some interpretations, fix or set your affections, your mind, on things above. We're commanded as, as Christians to do that. That's Colossians 3, 2. And then Romans 8, 6. And it says this, and I'm reading from the NIV, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit, capital S, is life and peace. What do you want? Do you want a life governed by the flesh, which turns out to be death? Because think about it. If everything I love, everything I treasure, my bank account, my cars, my house, my whatever it is, you name it. People can treasure the most ridiculous things. I mean, somebody could treasure their record collection or their book collection. I mean, whatever, right? Whatever you're tethered to and that's passing away, it says here, it says when it's governed by flesh, the mind of, of governed by the flesh is death. It's doomed. You are doomed, right? 
But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So we want to be governed by the things of the spirit. So therefore, it will be quite natural that if we, if we look at the things of God and God himself and treasure him and our relationship with him and everything that comes from him, the word of God and everything that is of God, we treasure those things. There our heart is. Those things are incorruptible. Our little heart will never have to break because our heart is tethered to something that will never leave us. As a matter of fact, those treasures await us even in eternity. Even when the flesh is gone, the things of the spirit will still be. And make note of this. My mind, your mind, is either attached to one or the other. Either earth or heaven, based on what I treasure, on what we treasure. There is no in-between. You are either tethered to earth or to heaven based on what you treasure. That's where your heart is. Your heart is either in one place or the other. There is no limbo, according to Jesus, for our heart. You are either in one or the other. So Jesus tells us and he puts before us that there are two kinds of treasure. Okay, That's what he's doing right here. He's saying there's two kinds of treasure, my friends. Earthly treasure, which is fleeting. It can be stolen. It can be corrupted, like things rotting and melting away. And he tells us it's inferior treasure. Or, he says, I'm going to put before you heavenly treasure, which is eternal. Okay? And it's all attached to the things of God. It seems like a no-brainer to a believer, right? Which treasure to choose. And yet we can struggle with this. People struggle with this. Christians struggle with this. Uh, why? Why? Why do we struggle with this? Why do we sometimes struggle with this? And I'm not taking myself out of this equation. There are times when I look at things and I... Things and I think I want that thing. Oh, I want that thing so bad, you know. Like, and I'm I'm almost like lusting after a thing, you know, a an object. Why do we find that sometimes it's so hard for us? And it comes down to this. It comes down to this. And this is actually what it comes down to for the entire Word of God. Do we believe that Jesus' words are true? It comes down to what we believe. Because if we believe that Jesus is telling the truth, then we would act on that truth. If we truly believed that one day we will leave this place, we'll no longer be here, and that we will go on to eternity with God, where Jesus says we could have amassed treasure, stored up treasure for ourselves, you know, do we believe that? Because if we did, it would be so much easier to do the things that God is saying for us to do. And it's our actions that tell us if we believe him or not. And I'm not going to judge you, and no one else should judge you, but we should judge ourselves. We should judge ourselves, and we can judge ourselves, and say to have I been living for eternity? Have I been living so that the things I do and say and, and, and the philosophies I hold to, that I am storing for myself treasure in heaven? Only we can answer that for ourselves between us and God. Okay? Like the rich young ruler. Only he could answer that for himself. Only he could make that choice. Do I follow after what Jesus is saying? 
Or do I love my stuff too much? Or do I love my comfort too much? Or do I love earthly things and put so much value on them that, you know, eh, to heaven. I'm just glad if I make it there. Do we want to hear that, that horrible thing? Fool, you didn't amass any treasure in heaven. Do we want to hear that from God? Because I don't want to hear that from God. Okay. So it comes down to our belief. Do we believe that Jesus' words are true? We have to judge that for ourselves. Okay, let's read verse 22 of Matthew 6 now. This is, a, in my Bible, it's called the lamp of the body, this section. So the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? What is Jesus talking about? Well, it's not too different from what he's talking about in choosing the kingdom of heaven or the, or, or the kingdom of this earth in where we put our treasures. You see, what Jesus is saying here is this. The light represents the kingdom of God and the darkness represents the things of this world. And when we choose to focus, because he's speaking about the eye here, he's not necessarily speaking about the, our actual physical orb of an eye. Although, when we choose to focus on God's kingdom, we're going to be filled with everything that God brings. Okay, what does God bring? Goodness. He brings his light, his wisdom, everything that God is. Okay, listen to this verse. This is John 8, 12. Jesus says this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus says it like it is. He says, I'm the light, guys. I'm the light. Follow me. You follow me. You will never have to walk in darkness. Even living here on this earth, that's passing away before your eyes. When your eyes are focused on spiritual things, you will never live in darkness. You will never live in darkness, even as it's all passing away before you, even as you look at the news and the world is falling apart and the monetary systems of this world are just crazy and, um, and you look and they say there's going to be food shortages and there's going to be wars and there's going to be... And you look at this earth and this earth that's passing away, literally passing away. Um, but if you choose to live this life following Jesus who says he is the light of the world and those who follow after him will never walk in darkness, then you are tapping in to the treasure, Jesus. Jesus, the treasure, even before you go off into eternity. And that's the beauty of heavenly, heavenly riches. You know, we, it's like we get to tap into them now because Jesus is the treasure of all treasures. And a relationship with God is the treasure of all treasures. Anything after that is just like, wow, okay? I mean, it's all going to come from God anyway. When we're in heaven and, and in eternity and we look at... The treasures that he gives, we're going to just look at him and be like, you're the treasure, God. You're the treasure. Okay, so when we choose then, so I've talked about what it is to choose to focus on Jesus and follow after him. But when we choose to focus on earth, on natural life, on normal life, anything that's not God, 
then those things will fill us and influence us and we will be filled with darkness. You know, and, and I'm not talking about just focusing on evil things. Like I said, things of this world are not evil. Like money is in itself not evil, but the love of money is evil. Um, your house and your beautiful, you know, even if you live in a mansion, it's not evil. But if you love it, if your heart is tethered to it, then it then it's evil. Okay? These things, when you choose to follow after them and they are your treasure, they will fill you with darkness because they do not have any light to bring with them. And they certainly have no eternal light. They're passing away. <clears throat> And when we choose to see with the eyes of the spirit, okay, as opposed to the eyes of the flesh, we, the eyes of the spirit is following after God, is looking at the word of God and saying, I'm going to believe the truth that's in here. That's seeing with the eyes of the spirit, even when the things around you, like I said, passing away, but we choose to follow after God and, and be obedient to him. That's choosing to see with the eyes of the spirit. Then we are filled with what God gives. And when we choose the eyes of the flesh, and, and then we're filled with what the world brings, right? Emptiness and darkness. And verse 24 says this, okay? No one, can, this is uh, Matthew 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And ma by mammon, it's not just money, but it's earthly riches, earthly treasure. Okay, you cannot serve both God and earthly treasure. You can't serve two masters. Jesus has presented us with two choices, the only two choices, those are the only two choices. If anyone tells you there are uh, other two choices, they're not telling you the truth because the word of God is truth. Jesus is the truth. He speaks the truth and he speaks directly on behalf of God, the son of God. He says there's only two choices, the, this world or God's kingdom. And he says you, can only, you cannot have loyalty to both. You can't. And that's an interesting point. In the second part of verse 24, which says, da, 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 you cannot serve God and mammon or earthly wealth. You cannot serve. Think of that. Serve. Okay? Jesus is saying that you will serve either one or the other. One or the other will become your master. I know people like to think, I have no master. I'm free. I, no one rules me. I'm a free agent. You know, I'm, I'm just, Jesus said it. Look around you at the whole entire world. Every single person you see, every living human being is either serving earthly treasure or God. No choice. No other choices. And that's it. It's so simple. The gospel is simple. The words of Christ are quite simple. It takes a human being to, to make them complicated. He says you're going to serve one or you're going to serve the other. And you know what the word serve here means? It means to be enslaved. You will either be, and now it's not derogatory. Uh, let me explain. You will either be 
enslaved to God or you will be enslaved to this world. We were made to worship. Did you know that? We were made to worship and to serve. We were. That is what, our, what we were made to do. And um, we were actually made to worship God and to serve God and to belong to him. He always said throughout the Old Testament when he was talking to his people, I will be their God and they will be my people. He's not a taskmaster. He's not an evil slave lord. He is amazing and loving and a father. And when he says he wants us to own us, he means he wants us to be in his family. Now the world, on the other hand, they are a slave master and they are that the world is unkind. The world will take you, do whatever they do with you, and then serve you up on a platter, okay, and, and, and destroy you. We see it in the news every day. They take uh, someone who they've risen to stardom. Oh, aren't they wonderful? And then in the next breath, that person does one little thing wrong. They are canceled. We hate them. We want, you know, they're getting death threats. This is the world for you. Do you want to be enslaved by the world? The world has no love for us. God has love for us. God wants to be our father. And he wants us to serve him. We're made to serve. We're made to worship. And we will end up worshiping something in this life. Let it be that we choose God who loves us and has a hope and a future for us. Where this world is like, just wants to eat you up and spit you out. Okay. Um, so we either serve God or material wealth. And one of these things will own you. Uh, laying up treasure in heaven is a natural byproduct of someone who loves God and lives a life of obedience to him and who has a desire to please him. So getting treasure in heaven is not a difficult thing. If you genuinely love God, you want to be obedient to him, to live a life of obedience, and you want to please him because in doing those things, you will naturally be being amassing treasure in heaven for yourself, just naturally without even thinking about it. You know, Jesus said this, we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. right? Those are the two, those commandments, right, that he gave us, right? Um, and as we do those two commands, as we love God with our everything, our heart, our soul, and our mind, and our neighbor as ourself, well, we're naturally going to be living out of that. We're naturally going to be serving. If, if we love him with our whole heart, we're going to want to please him. We're going to want to be doing things for him. We're going to want to be living according to the word of God. And if we're loving our neighbors ourselves, we're going to be doing like what Jesus said for the rich young ruler to do is we're going to be giving some of our wealth to the poor. We're going to be taking care of those who are less fortunate than us, who, who are needy of this earth, who, um, those who, it is within our power to bless and to help. We're naturally going to be doing those things. And thereby, without you even realizing it, accruing heavenly um, treasure. Isn't that amazing? I'm going to end now, okay? Because I think we've talked a lot about our heavenly treasure and where our heart has to be tethered. Where, where our treasure is, our heart is. And therefore, God wants our treasure to be in him and in loving him. And then our treasure will be in heaven. Okay, but I'm going to read this very great wisdom from 
Proverbs chapter 8, I'm reading in the NIV, and it's 17 through 21, and we know Proverbs to be a book of great wisdom, don't we? Okay, that's what they are. It's a book of wisdom. And this is actually, in Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom is speaking, but we know who this is. This is God, because who is the source of all wisdom? God, okay? Now, chapter 8 of Proverbs is, in my Bible, is called Wisdom Calls. Now, this is God speaking, and he says this in uh, Proverbs 8, 17 through 21. I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, see this is God, bestowing a rich inheritance on all those who, who love me and making their treasuries full. This is God and this is what a life following after God produces. If you choose to follow hard after God, to seek him, and you will find him because he wants you to find him, but he wants you to seek him. You will find treasures that are beyond belief. Because I'll tell you even right now, even in this small way, when you are someone, let's say in a moment of panic and anxiety and stress, what is the greatest thing you need? Do you need a gold bar? Do you need a, tr a, a treasury room full of artifacts that are worth, you know, more than whatever? No. You need peace. That's what you need. And in that moment, for God to bestow everything he is on us, his peace, well, that's a treasure right there, isn't it? Did you ever have no joy? A depressed person? Ever been truly, truly depressed? That person will know that the greatest treasure in that moment would be joy. The greatest treasure. There's nothing else that they want. There's nothing else that they need because they can't even function for their lack of joy. Joy would be, would be the treasure. In God is every treasure that you will ever need in this life and in the next. There you go, my friends. Follow hard after God. He is the treasure that we need. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, like Jesus said this week. Speak to the Lord and say, Lord, what can I do this week, Father, that will bless you? Is there, you know, is there a way that I could... Do something, Lord, that is, you know, where I, can, where I can make sure, Lord, that I'm finding my treasure in heaven and not on this earth, you know? He might ask you to give something up. He might say, you know that car? You need to sell it. You need to sell it and, 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 and do something good for, for needy people out there somewhere. He might. Don't be afraid of it because if you follow after God, you will have everything that you need in him. He's our treasure. Have a great week, everyone, and um, I'll see you next week. God bless.